Do you want to practice astrology in a more accurate and concrete way that allows you to give more powerful readings to your astrological clients? Then join us for our upcoming Uranian Astrology for Practicing Astrologers Immersion, which begins this January 30th, 2024. You can find out more information by checking out the link down below in the description box. Hey there everyone, Michael A. Bryan here from the Oraculous School of Astrology with yet another question and answer segment where practicing astrologers bring me their questions and I provide them answers based on my astrological logical practice it's a question like i know that you've gotten before because it's like all about my career and like astrology in particular like i've astrology is just so magical to me like and it's something that i've tried to put down because it just it's so hard you know and then it's and it's and then i and everything you just said about those i, I mean i was just like speaking to my heart like the the whole fears around am i good enough is it real all of that so like that always just kind of creeps back in so then I found you and you had me at letter to Hogwarts. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh my gosh. And like, and I'm telling you from like the first class, like it was the first time that I felt like, oh my gosh, like this makes sense and I can put it all together and everything was just like, I could see where it's all coming together and it's all going to work. And then you said, if it's not in the chart, it's not going to happen. And then I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, is it in my chart? Like, so then of course that new fear, you know, kind of crept in. And um, so I didn't know if you would want to answer that because I know it's a question that you had before. Okay, ask it. Is it in my chart? Is is there a promise in my chart to do astro to be an astrologer? And like, and I, but I guess specifically, like, it'd be great to be an astrologer. And if it, if I only did it like to help the people around me, that would be great. But I really wanted to be more of a world stage, like you were just talking about. I really wanted to be something where I'm making my money from it. And it's not like, and, and I would say specifically, like whenever you were talking about the blind readings, like I've always wanted to do, I've always, I've off the cuff readings, you know, like that just calls to my heart for some reason. I have no idea. And then helping people with their careers, because I have, I mean, I'm 55 and still, I still feel like unsure about my career. And so like that specifically is something that I really want to help people with and my Chiron, like I feel intuitively drawn to my Chiron. It's like right on the MC. I don't know why. Like I don't know know enough about Chiron to know why, but I feel intuitively drawn to my Chiron. Where like you kind of like pushed yours to the side forever. Like I'm just my Chiron just really calls to me, and I don't know if I should be listening because <laughs> I'm like going. I think you might be telling me that stuff. <laughs> this question has to do with whether or not this caller is going to be a good astrologer and whether or not it's something that she can make money from. Very early within my yoga career, someone told me that the fact that I am drawn to teaching yoga within this present life means that I was a practitioner of yoga in a past life. Then when I started to practice Reiki, <laughs> that was the same thing they said to me. That was the same thing they said to me in Reiki school that the fact that I am drawn to practicing energy healing in this present life means that I was a healer within a past life. I don't know how I feel about that from a universal perspective, but when I hear that there isn't anything within me that wants to revolt against that, or there isn't anything within me that feels like that can't be the case. And I do feel like we are drawn to things specifically because we're meant to be doing those things. That's something I feel with every fiber of my being. It's something that I know to be true. And it's also a part 
of what makes practicing astrology sometimes seem like such a lackluster thing. Because very often when people come to get an astrology reading and they get a very, very good astrology reading, especially if it's just a basic reading of their birth chart. And I shouldn't say just, and I shouldn't say basic in relation to the birth chart, because there are many skills that you need to master before you can give somebody just a basic reading of their birth chart. Despite popular belief, everybody thinks that they can run into astrology and automatically read people's birth charts. It's a lie. It is the biggest lie that has ever been told within our Western mystery tradition. Anyway, I think the only second biggest lie is that people think that you could pick up a deck of tarot cards and be amazing at the tarot because it has fancy pictures on it that you can interpret. These are lies. These are abominable fallacies that actually don't do justice to either of these traditions, whether the tradition of pure astrology or the tradition of tarot. I don't see anyone picking up the Yi Jing and saying that you can use the Yi Jing in an intuitive way. I don't see anybody even picking up geomancy in the West, which only has 16 geomantic figures, whereas the Yi Jing from China has 64 hexagrams. But the point is, we only tend to have this feeling of being able to do a spiritual thing easily when that thing has been dumbed down for us. And truthfully, astrology lends itself to some level of dumbing down. When you talk about four elements and seven planets and 12 houses and all of this stuff, the brain finds ways to dumb that down in order to make it easily digestible to a wider public. However, when you talk about 64 hexagrams where every single line can move and every single line can mutate, then the brain is less likely to feel as if it can dumb down that system. So that's why, in my opinion, we have far more people saying that they are astrologers within the 21st century from doing a quick weekend course on astrology, but we don't have the same thing happening in terms of Yi Jing from China, and we also don't have the same thing happening in terms of geomancy from the West. The point of all of this is that if we're drawn to doing something, chances are if you want to take on this larger past life narrative, you've done it before. And that's why you feel this deep soul hunger to reincorporate this thing into your life within this present lifetime. I'm okay with that. And I'm also okay with knowing that very often when people come together reading, all they hear from that reading is things that they already know about themselves. When I am completely in the vortex and giving a reading that is phenomenal, that's hitting every single nail on the head in terms of the concrete events that have happened within that person's life, it feels exhilarating because one, I technically shouldn't be able to do that and I technically shouldn't know that, but two, it feels exhilarating because here I am telling this person's story using something as suspect, as astrology basically. However, I have also had clients who've said, wow, this isn't what I was expecting. And then I say, well, shit, what were you expecting? <laughs> you know, what were you actually expecting this to be? And there are clients who expect to find out more things than the actual things and the actual experiences that they've already gone through. 
and they expect to find that out from a natal astrology reading. Not a predictive astrology reading that's meant to talk about things in the future, but from a natal astrology reading that's specifically meant to speak about the actual things that you've experienced in your actual life. There are people who want astrologers to do more than just say exactly what their lives have been up until this point without realizing how much of a beast of a burden it is for anybody to be able to do that and do that with a high level of accuracy. Clients of astrology in the 21st century are sometimes hard to please because when you tell them exactly what is already in their chart and they say, yeah, that's exactly what's going on in my life, they feel as if they've been let down because they want to hear something else. I'm saying that to say that very often when someone comes and says, hey, I want to know what I should do as my vocation. I've done art, I've done writing, I've done music, I've been a photographer, I've done all of these things, but I don't know what to do. When you go to their chart and look for their vocational promise, in their chart, you will see art, you will see writing, you will see music, you will see photography. And the reason why we see these things is because in the words of world-famous astrologer Anne Ortley, if it's in your heart, it's in your chart. There is nothing that you can want to be or do or desire to be or do in this lifetime that isn't already present within your chart. So there have been a few episode recordings of Michael Fix My Stars where people have asked, hey, am I going to be a great astrologer? And for the most part, amongst the majority of those callers, I said, yeah, look at it. It's in your chart. Here it is in your chart. Your community is going to be a community of astrologers. Here it is in your chart. You have the Mercury square Uranus. It's exact. You have the mind that has the ability to do the gymnastics to be a good astrologer. Here it is. You have the rule of the first house in the ninth house or the rule of the ninth house in the first house. Here it is. You have the rule of the tenth house in the ninth house, the rule of the ninth house in the tenth house. You're going to be a good astrologer. And the reason for this is because if it's something that you naturally have a gravitational pull towards, there is nothing in our lives that we gravitate towards that doesn't have the root of that gravity in our natal promise. There is nothing in our lives that we feel magnetized towards that isn't already existing within our astrological blueprint that we came into this world with. There is no urge that you could feel strongly in the entire universe that isn't already in your natal chart, for better or for worse. So to this question of whether or not this caller has an astrology-appropriate chart, there is a very high likelihood that she does. Now, there is something else that we need in order to be good astrologers that I'm not actually sure you could see in the chart. And Miyamoto Musashi, who was a Japanese samurai and master swordsman from the Renaissance period, called this being able to see out of both corners of our eyes. Within his philosophy, a samurai needed to be able to see exactly what was in the front of him at all times, but that samurai also had to create or build within himself a sense of 
proprioception or a sense of being able to see and sense what was on either side of him and even behind him without moving his eyes from his fixed target in the front of him. And I believe that that is a skill that we need in order to be extraordinary astrologers. The reality is that within any field, there are going to be people who rise to the top of that field as being extraordinary practitioners within that field. And then there are going to be people who are just average practitioners within that field. And it doesn't say that you can't get a lot of value from a person who is an average practitioner, but within a generation, there are a handful of people who represent the highest height to which we can aspire within any field. Many people enter the Olympics. Only one person wins the gold medal. And so I think that within the context of astrology, a lot of us need to give ourselves a lot more latitude and realize that we don't have to be the best in order to still be good. And I think that that's a very important thing for us to have because fundamentally astrology is a skill and any skill is learnable any skill is demonstrable any skill is transferable astrology is a skill at one very real level astrology and being a good astrologer isn't that different from learning how to play the piano the point within that is that not all of us are going to play the piano like beethoven not all of us are going to create a sonata like Mozart. And so we have to give ourselves the space to realize that we can become extraordinary within our chosen field. And if you already feel a gravitational pull towards practicing astrology, then chances are you are meant to be an astrologer within this lifetime. And I think the reality of your astrology practice on the ground is going to tell you what astrological arena is the best arena for you to be in? Some doctors are extraordinary at surgery. Other doctors aren't good at surgery whatsoever, and so they go into another non-surgical field because just because you're a doctor doesn't mean that you're going to be a neurosurgeon. And the same thing is true in terms of astrology. Astrology is a vast field, and there are many opportunities for us to practice astrology today. And you can decide which one of those areas works best for you. Maybe you have a natural inclination towards vocation and talking to people about their job in general. And that's something that you do very well. And you might surpass everybody else in your classroom at the topic of vocational astrology. Not because they also didn't get the same knowledge, but because there is just something naturally inbuilt within you that is your God-given talent and your God-given gift to be extraordinary at that particular branch of astrology. At the same time, you might suck at medical astrology. And that's completely okay as well. As astrologers, we need to know all parts of our astrological field so that we can know which places we're more than likely going to gravitate towards and so that we can also know which things we're more than likely going to refer our clients out to because those things just haven't taken root within us in a very strong and a very robust way. There are things that I would suck at. I would completely suck at financial astrology from an international perspective. I would completely suck at talking about the Dow Jones. I would completely suck 
in terms of investment and real estate and doing astrology that has to do that level of, of research and that also requires me knowing about those fields and those industries, I have no right whatsoever to be talking to someone about the international financial marketplace within the context of my astrological practice because I have no aptitude within that area. And that's okay. There are other things that I'm good at. So the moral of this story is that one, if you feel a natural inclination to studying astrology, to practicing astrology, to helping people with astrology, astrology will open her arms to accept you. And the reason for that is because astrology discriminates against no one. Astrology is dying at this moment to have more people come within her embrace so that they can help to spread this light of astral wisdom with more and more people within the world around us. Astrology is hungry for people to come and learn her secrets and learn her wisdom so that they can share it with other people. So astrology accepts you. If no one else in this world accepts you, astrology as a subject accepts you. And I think that it behooves you as a person coming into astrology to one, study astrology well so that there are no holes within your knowledge, but also study astrology in such a way whereas you become more and more clear in terms of what specific area of astrology you're going to focus on and what specific area of astrology you're going to dedicate your life to because we need clearer, sharper astrologers who, one, know everything about astrology in general, but two, within that general knowledge, also know how to help people specifically within given fields that they themselves gravitate towards. So if you're listening to the Oraculos podcast, if you've spent more than $500 on your astrological library, if you go on Amazon and just look up astrology books to buy, even though you never read them, if you go to astrology conferences and take every astrology course and have studied astrology for all your life and love astrology and astrology is tattooed within every fiber of your being, then astrology is also tattooed within your chart. So be it resolved, if you're here right now, you're meant to be an astrologer and it's up to you to figure out what specific style or what specific branch of astrology you want to apply yourself to. That makes perfect sense. The perfect answer. Yeah. And so I think someone said in the chat that they had the same question and maybe we're asking the wrong questions. And I'm like, that just seems so true. But yeah, I, thank you so much. I don't even... Like, it's like, I don't even need you to look now because it feels what, what you say just speaks to my heart. And I know that it's true. And it just makes me so thankful. I can't believe I found you and I'm in class with you. So Aww. I am so happy. <laughs> You're very, very welcome. If you've enjoyed today's show, then please remember to hit subscribe down below. I'm currently on a mission to get 12,000 subscribers across all platforms, which includes YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify by the end of November 2023. And it's a tall order, but I'm pretty sure we can do it because we make some really good astrological content here on the Oraculous Podcast. So please remember to hit subscribe down below, hit the notification bell so that you receive notifications of when we come out with these episodes on a daily basis and please share 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 the oraculos podcast with your other astrologically minded friends so that more and more people can know about the amazing work that we're doing over here on the oraculos podcast